Dear friends, welcome to the episode 7. We have been journeying together through the Babaji series and now we reach a point of very sacred location on our journey. It is called the Gyan Ganj or Shambhala. To many this is a myth, a mystical location that is imaginary but to some it is a physical reality. Today we will join Avaduta Nadananda in his journey, physical journey, to Gyan Ganj, as described in a very special book called Autobiography of an Avaduta, published by Guru Light in 2016, and the original published by the Abhaya Trust in 2011. I will start by quoting the description of Gyanganj from this autobiography. Gyanganj, legendary city kingdom of mysterious immortal beings from ancient Indian and Tibetan mythology. It is said to be inhabited by yogis and saints of higher order and is also a place of spiritual training. Situated in a valley somewhere deep in the Himalayas and though hidden from the world, it is still influencing it in various subtle ways when necessary. It is said that Gyan Ganj is cunningly camouflaged or may even be existing in a completely different plane of reality. So let us explore the Gyan Ganj together, and we'll also touch upon the ways in which Moranji's connection with the Gyan Ganj and the masters of the Gyan Ganj has been established through Avadutta Nadananda. Welcome. I was blessed to be with Moanji, our daughter Mila as well, a day before Data Jayanti uh, in 2015, when from Hyderabad we traveled to Dar. It was one of those trips on the dusty roads of India where we keep on traveling and traveling, not knowing when you will reach. But it was uh, an encounter that we can freely say it changed our lives forever. We couldn't have possibly imagined what would await us in Dar. Monji invited us to go and visit, visit an Avaduta. Uh, masters who reach the stage of Avaduta often have unpredictable behavior. They do not behave in prim and proper ways or predictable ways. Um, so that is to be expected. So I was prompted by Manji to simply follow, be humble, and go through the experience, not to have any expectation, uh, and to be in the flow. 
so when we reached uh, dhar um we have been offered an accommodation which is uh, which was very unusual <laughs> you could say very basic uh we kind of slept on the floor um and we saw a rat running across the room and I remember the toilet was so tiny so tight that you had to enter from the back so that you don't get stuck while turning around <laughs> and uh, overall you know we could have just said thank you and go to hotel but no we have humbly accepted whatever was given and offered as an accommodation to us by avadutanadananda so i feel this was a test in a way and uh, even though the accommodation was very basic i remember how happy mila was at this place uh in the evening there were there was music there was a cow running around there was a fire outside there was a lot of joy very beautiful energy so we didn't mind anything and at first avadutana dananda was very um unapproachable and cold and didn't pay any attention to us and uh, he withdrew into his room and then we couldn't really understand what had happened but suddenly his behavior changed and he came out of the room and honored monji like anything and uh, i remember our amazement like what happened all of a sudden only later on we came to know that after a long time avadutanadananda had a communion with mahavatar baba ji he simply sat and through his inner vision through his third eye he saw baba ji's radiant face and baba ji told him telepathically take care of him and gave the image of monji's face through his third eye and um, from that moment onwards our journey with nadananda changed and the encounter with nadananda opened up so many new horizons including the insights about gyanganj nadananda's direct experience of gyanganj and then connection with the masters of gyanganj that was established between monji Gyanganj masters through Nadananda. So I'll start by sharing Nadananda's journey uh, by quoting some of the excerpts from autobiography of Navadutta. In his book Man's Eternal Quest, Paramahamsa Yogananda said, It is not necessary to go through every kind of human experience in order to attain ultimate wisdom. You should be able to learn by studying the lives of others. In the same way, we may not be able to physically journey to Gyanganj. And if you read the autobiography of Anavadutta, you will realize just how much of spiritual practice, how much of struggle how many tests avadutta nadananda had to endure to become eligible to reach gyanganj 
and that too only from the second attempt. The first attempt was a disappointment, but he did not give up because he had the grace of his guru, Avaduta Taramai, and her guru, Bhagavan Nityananda, and then Bhagavan Nityananda's guru, Bhraguram Paramahamsa, who still lives at Gyanganj. So here we understand the unimaginable grace that one can access through the Guru lineage, the Guru Parampara. By our own individual efforts and virtue, we cannot reach such ultimate blessings. But through the Guru lineage and the blessings and grace of the Gurus, everything is possible. So who is an Avaduta, one may ask. In the preface of his book, Avaduta Nandananda explains, For whom the sky is the roof, and the earth is the bed, and one who relies only on the Guru, spiritual preceptor, and the divine for fulfillment of one's needs. And what does an Avaduta do? Avaduta Taramai, the guru of Avaduta Nadananda, told him, A person who lives for himself is an animal, and a person who lives for others is a Bhagavan or God. Now you have to decide what you want to become, an animal or a Bhagavan. If you decide positively, take an oath that you will live for others for the rest of the life, only for others, no matter what the consequences are to yourself. Nadananda says, at that moment I touched her holy feet and took an oath which is the guiding light for every avaduta. Selfless service is the religion of an avaduta and it extends to every being on the planet, humans, animals, birds, plants, and all living creatures. An avaduta sees God in the grass, worms, flowers, and all the living and non-living things on the earth. So through many trials and tribulations, a very, very intense sadhana spiritual practice, um, in this autobiography, Avaduta Nadananda explains how, in the end, he reached the Gyan Ganj, or Shambhala. So, we'll fast forward to that part, even though I would highly recommend to read the entire book, because it's really, really filled with insight and inspiration. It was Breguram Paramahamsa, the great master who was in the fold of Mahatar Babaji, also known as Mahatapa in Gyanganj. And Briguram Paramahamsa went to reach out to Avaduta Nadananda and guide him physically to Gyanganj. The journey was very challenging. 
And one morning, as both of them were climbing the snow-covered hills in the Tibetan region, Avadutanadananda had a moment of becoming disheartened and feeling, what is all this for? Endless journey and limitless sufferings. Is it a must to reach the ultimate reality? Why sufferings to me only? Brigurim Paramahamsa stopped for a while and looked at Nadananda. As if reading his thoughts, he said, To make a necklace out of gold, the gold is first burnt in the fire and then hammered, and finally the mala or necklace is ready, and then only it is used to decorate the deity's idol. Your life is also like that. You have to be burnt in fire, hammered and filed, and now you're ready to be offered to the Almighty. You will be worn on the necks of the Almighty. Why are you bothering about your life? Often you forget, we, the Guru Parampara, are behind you to take care of you. Don't be childish and foolish. Face the present situation and get ready for a good future. By afternoon, Nananda says, I was tired from the non-stop walking. Climbing up and down the snow-covered hills was not easy. I was hungry and my legs were aching. Brigramji stopped walking near a stream. He opened his shoulder bag and gave me a few rotis and vegetables. I was wondering why he was not eating. He was only feeding me. I collected my courage and asked, Maharaj, are you not eating? Are you not hungry? And he smiled and said, no, son, I don't need food. I can gather my energy directly from the sun. For the last few years, I do not eat or drink. I heard that some Himalayan yogis never eat or drink. They are living on the energy of pranayama. Moreover, Gyanganji is famous for Surya Vidya, the science of sun, and Chandra Vidya, the science of moon. I told him, Maharaj, a sadhak like me, has to think about food and shelter every time. If I did not have that problem, I could have done my sadhana far better for more time. He laughed and said, Son, you have just started your spiritual journey. In due course, you will get all these. Don't be in a hurry. Let the destined things happen. Have patience. You have to eat away the karma falas, the fruits of your karma, of your previous births. Then only the total purification happens. Once you are totally purified, all doors will open for you. Wait for the time. I completed eating the food. I was wondering where he was getting rotis for me in this Himalayan hill where there was not even a single village or human being around. Once again, Brigramji might have read my mind. He said, 
Son, nothing is impossible in spiritual life. See this. He took a magnifying glass from his bag and continued. This glass will help me to manifest anything and everything in front of me. This is based on Surya Vidya. Just having a strong sankalp, inner resolve or intention, looking into this magnifying glass, it will manifest whatever you need. Just like the rotis and vegetables for you, stare at this glass and with the sankalpa ask anything in the world. It will be in front of you within moments. I was afraid to test it. I felt it was like the Aladdin's lamp. I did not do any sankalp, nor did I look at the glass with a wish. I just told him to forgive me for my mistake of doubting him. We continued walking. He started walking, and I too followed him. There was no sun visible. The hills looked very dull without sunshine. Cloudy sky and cold wind was flowing. All of a sudden, snowfall started. Bregramji was walking carelessly, not even thinking of snowfall. My body was almost covered with snow. I looked like a white bear. After, after an hour of walking, the snowfall stopped. Now the sun shone. Bregramji looked at me and said, Son, this is the specialty of the nature. When it acts or reacts, nature only knows. Now you may be feeling cold or drenching under snowfall, but look at me. I'm not shivering of cold. This is because of the fire burning within. You have to maintain this fire update. Today I will teach you the Dura Gaman Vidya, the science of teleportation, which will be helpful for your future life. Remember, we are Siddha Yogis. There is nothing impossible for Guru Mandali. We both sat on a big rock surrounded by snow. He taught me in detail about movements of Paramanu, or atom, and how to do Sankalpa intention to reach a particular destination, how to create strong Chintatarang, thought waves, and to send it to a known or even unknown place. He made me practice it all. To understand the technical aspect of Duragaman or teleportation, it took me more than three hours. In seconds, he instructed me the rare technique of pranayam, which one cannot get in yoga books or even with ordinary yoga master, to help the fire or vital energy in me to be kept intact always. He started walking again. I followed, but I was a bit hungry. I asked him with an accumulated courage of mind, as I was hesitant with a reverence to him, as he was one of the senior most guru of my parampara. I asked him how to live without food and water, as he lived. He looked at my face and smiled and said, Son, now you have to depend on food for a few more years. Of course, I will teach you all this once you complete the higher studies on Sri Vidya at Gyan Ganj. Maybe to change the subject, he said, 
You know, today I will feed you with traditional Bengali kichadi. We both sat near a small waterfall. It looked very nice. I collected water in my kamandalu and came near him. He spread a piece of an old English newspaper in front of me. He used to carry such things in his shoulder bag. And then he took his magnifying glass and looked through it, just keeping some distance from the newspaper that he spread. I was wondering what magic was going to happen. His eyes were glowing like two red bulbs. To my wonder, as if someone had served it, the Bengali Kichadi appeared on the newspaper which he had spread. I was looking at the magic in front of me. Bruguramji said, Son, here is your food for the, for the day. Eat it. My disciple Paramahamsa Vishuddhananda Dvaranasi is having a magnifying glass like this. As you think, this is not magic. The sun's rays have the capacity to identify and produce everything in the world. Only you have to concentrate on the particular sun ray related to your need. For this also you have to practice strong sankalpa. One day I will give you a glass like this. As they continued their journey, at some point uh, Avadutana Dananda sat near the waterfall and spread his blanket out for a bit of rest. He went into meditation and uh, he said, It was in deep, deep meditation that I saw myself with my Guruji, Avadutta Taramaima, on the banks of the Soparnika River at Mukambika. I could hear Amma's voice, but nothing was clear, the vision disappeared. I felt I was in a forest, the same one where my Guruji stays. I heard the sound of her whistling. Usually she makes that sound to call her pets to eat. And then everything disappeared from my vision. I was sitting and sleeping. Bhraguramji's voice was heard. He said, Oh, you are sleeping in a sitting position. Get up, it is morning, let us go. I opened my eyes. It was almost sunrise time and Bhraguramji was standing near me. I washed my face and got ready to move. On the way, Bhraguramji said, What you experienced at night was not fully true. One of your atoms did definitely travel up to Mukambika, but it failed to manifest because your sankalp was not strong enough. No problem, you will succeed next time. At Gyanganj Early in the morning we started moving towards the neighboring hills. Though it seemed to me like the mist-covered hills were very close, it was not as I had thought. Only by afternoon could we reach the valley of the mist-covered hill. My mind was filled with an unusual happiness. I recalled the last time when I had come up here and returned in disappointment. Now, by the grace of the Guru Mandala, I was being allowed to enter Gyanganj. I climbed the hill with a new energy. There was no mist anymore, it had vanished. I could easily see the hills. It took a lot of time to climb up to the top of the hill, and then we climbed down. 
We were surrounded on all four sides by hills, and in the middle was a big valley. No snow or mist was seen there. There were many caves visible in the hills around. I could easily see hundreds of caves. I saw a few swamis moving around in front of caves on the hills. Brigaramji asked me to sit outside a cave and he went inside. A swami came out and asked me to follow him. After walking for an hour or so, we reached another cave and the swami took me inside. There were three sadhus sitting there. It was a big cave. It seemed man-made, which could accommodate five or six people. The Swami asked me to be seated and went out. The other Swamis sitting there were busy reading. One of them, an old sadhu, stopped his reading and came near me and asked about my particulars. He spoke to me in English. He looked Japanese and his accent did not seem Indian. While I was narrating the story of my journey to Gyanganj, the other two sadhus also joined us. One of them said, This is Gyanganj. We also have a branch known as Siddhashram. You may not know, but this is more than a university. All spiritual subjects under the sun are preserved here, as well as the practices of all religions. Only a very few selected sadaks are called in here for higher studies and sadhana, spiritual practice. Which branch do you belong to? I told them I was a Sri Vidya sadaka. They told me that more than 150 sadaks of different sections were staying here. Sri Mahatapa Babaji is the head of this institution currently seated in trance for the last 50 years or so. My mind was in a happy space as I had finally reached the roots of my guru tradition. Was it a myth? No, it was a reality. And now I was experiencing my presence here. Avaduta Nadananda was assigned his own cave and Swamiji in that cave uh, as his main teacher. Uh, he said that Swamiji was of Tamil origin. Swamiji told me, you are tired from continuous walking on snow-covered hills. Rest today. You can start your studies and sadhana tomorrow. He paused for a while and said again, you can be here with me for three weeks. Are you prepared for a strict discipline? If so, you will be able to complete your higher sadhana. Do not waste time. The days you stay here must be useful to you and your forthcoming disciples. Through the opening of the cave, the hill on the other side was very much visible. I could see a lot of caves. The valley was silent and full of vegetation. In its entirety, Gyanganj covers a very vast area. Even though the hill that was visible looked like it was near, it was not so. 
The caves on the other side were quite far away. One had to go down into the valley, walk through the forest, and then climb up the hills to reach the caves on the opposite side. I spotted some sadhus in front of those caves. Maybe it was fatigue or perhaps the calm and quiet atmosphere or the cool breeze, but everything lulled me to sleep. Ten days passed thus. Ragramji was not seen anywhere all these days. When I asked Swamiji from my cave, he told me, Mind your own business. I was giving more and more importance to the Soham Dhyan that I was taught. Pranayam in Hamsa Soham was also, of course, going on. When Swamiji noticed that I was absorbed in deep meditation for more than 8 to 10 hours per day, he was very pleased. A new energy passed through me. The fatigue of long journey through Himalayan hills had now vanished. One afternoon, with Swamiji's permission, I went for a walk through the forest in the valley. At a distance under a tree, I saw Briguramji sitting deeply absorbed in meditation. Without making any sound of footsteps, I went near him and sat for hours till he opened his eyes and smiled. He asked me about my sadhana and said he was happy with my progress. He said, Son, you are lucky to be here. Make maximum use of your time for dhyan, for meditation. Do not waste time. After a week you have to leave Gyanganj. By that time clear all your doubts regarding sadhana. Once you are back with the sansaris, the worldly people, you will not get as much time to do sadhana as you're getting here. He paused for a while. There was a deep silence between us for some time. And then he said again, Once you return, start research work on Sri Chakra vibrations. Nobody has made attempts in that direction. You have to practice, experience and write down everything. It will be useful to the coming generations. Again, there was silence. In fact, I didn't want to leave that place. I would have liked to stay there all life long and do my sadhana. Reading my thoughts, Bhruguramji broke the silence. No, son, even if you wished it a thousand times, you cannot be here for your entire life. You are destined for some other work. Remember, you have taken an oath touching your Guru Tara's feet that you will live for others always. You have to do this lifelong. Even though suffering of body and mind, you will have to keep those words. You are destined for that. Living for others is not so easy. You have to detach yourself from worldly things first. Then with the accumulated energy of your sadhana, you live in samsara like a lotus leaf in water. You may stay in your ashram or anywhere convenient to you, but keep the samsara, the illusion, out of your mind. Do not be tempted by worldly things. This life of yours is to prove that in this Kali Yuga, yogis are for the samsaris, but samsara 
is not for yogis. The day you are supposed to leave Gyanganj, I will come and take you to Siddhashram. From there you can go through Arunachal to reach India. Last days in Gyanganj. The last few days of sadhana at Gyanganj were very difficult. Swamiji taught me the secret sadhana of Sri Vidya. I was supposed to meditate on Brumadya, the third eye, for hours together, standing on the right leg, keeping the left foot on the navel with hands folded in the Anjali Mudra. I did this for three days, for hours together. The other sadhana being very secret, I'm not supposed to write about it in detail. One day I felt my back burning like fire. I was unable to stand or sit. Swamiji was happy, this being the symptom of an awakened kundalini. Sometimes I roared like a lion, and at other times was deep in voidness. My body was full of heat. Swamiji told me that the Kriya of Shat Chakra Bedan, the activation of the six chakras, was happening in me. He said, remember always your Guru Tara who gave you Shaktipat Diksha. Guru is the reason and result of all this. Now you have reached a very good stage of sadhana. Even if you expand all your energy for some good purpose, like that of healing others, you will lose nothing. Whatever quantity of energy you spend, you will receive twice that by the grace of your Guru. Now I shall teach you Anima Lagima Mahima, eight cities or eight great perfections uh, include anima, reducing one's body even to the size of an atom. Mahima, expanding one's body to an infinitely large size. And Lagima, becoming almost weightless or levitating. I sat in Padmasan and did pranayam as he instructed. After some time, I felt I was like a feather, weightless. And to my wonder, I was floating in the air in the cave, about three feet up from the ground. Slowly I descended back to the ground. Swamiji said, Son, there are, these are just mere cities, spiritual powers, valueless. The real value of life lies in living for others, in doing good for others. Live in the way you have promised your Guruji. Live life for others, for every being at every moment. Live, that is the only sadhana you have to do. Consider life itself as a sadhana and live every moment for other beings, be they man, animal or plant. I learned a lot from Gyanganj about the theory and practice of sadhana how to live for other beings. Even now, I forget to live for myself. Swamiji made sambar and rice that day. He did not allow me to help him. And he said, Take rest today, now that your studies are over. Tomorrow you have to leave this place. Now you are returning 
to samsara. Be careful, do not get attached. Try to keep away from wealth and fame. Don't accumulate anything, money or any such worldly things. Aparigraha, the concept of non-possessiveness, non-greediness, non-accumulation, must be the quality maintained in you. In the evening, Bregoramji came by to tell me that I should leave the place next morning. Afterwards, I had to continue my journey alone. I asked him whether I would be allowed to meet Mahatapa Babaji. He said, No, son, not now. As I told you, first complete your research work on Sri Vidya, then come back. Now Gyanganj is open to you. I was a bit disappointed. He introduced me to two or three sadaks of Sri Vidya staying there. All of them blessed me with good wishes for my future life. Bregoramji said, Son, to be here and be doing sadhana is in fact very easy. But to live among samsaris and live the life of a yogi is very difficult. Remember, you will meet with a lot of temptations on your journey. Keep away from them. Your Guru Tara's eyes are on you always. So do not worry at all. Whatever good or bad you are supposed to go through, it is destined, it is inevitable. Do not look back, whatever happens. The next morning it was time to depart. I felt very bad and sad. I did namaskars to Swamiji who had helped me in my higher studies. Swamiji gave me a handful of groundnuts filled in ghee, packed in paper and said, Son, I wish you all the best for your future life. Now you possess all types of siddhis, spiritual powers. You are no more a sadhaka. Go forward, teach your disciples the proper way of sadhana. Bring them up to your level. This will be treated as your Guru Dakshina to your Guru Parampara. I had tears when I left the cave. Bregoramji was waiting for me. I went near him and both of us started walking. I could do only manasik pranams, only mentally paying my obeisance to the great Mahatapa Babaji. Slowly I began walking with Swamiji. Years later, Avadhuta Nadananda managed to travel to Gyanganj again, this time after completing his studies of Sri Vidya to present his final work to the great Mahatapa. Years later, Avadhuta Nadananda managed to travel to Gyanganj again, this time after completing his studies of Sri Vidya to present his final work to the great Mahatapa. He said in the part two of his autobiography, by evening I had reached the foothills where Gyanganj is situated. Just by being there I felt a sense of accomplishment. I had done it. I had finally reached my destination. 
I was overjoyed to see Briguram Paramahamsa, the main entrance of Gyanganj itself, as if he had been awaiting someone's arrival. He received me with a beautiful smile and said, Son, I am happy that you have completed the part of your research work. Now that the work is ready, you'd better take it to Mahatapa Baba and submit it at his holy feet. The next day, Briguramji, accompanied by the same older Swami with a Tamilian look, took me to the inner cave. The cave was filled with divine effulgence and fragrances. This was the first time I was coming so close to the holy feet of the great Guru Mahatapa. With all reverence and an unknown fear, I placed the spiral-bound volume of the science and essence of Sri Vidya's near his feet. He was sitting in Siddhasana posture on a rock, probably made of crystal. Though he never opened his eyes, yet we could all hear very well the humming of Om reverberating in the cave. This was the sign that the work submitted at his holy feet had received the supreme approval as per the tradition of acceptance. Braguramji then asked me to pick up the manuscript and follow him. When we had reached just outside the cave, he turned to embrace me and said, Son, after more than 50 years, this is the first time that we heard the sound of our Supreme Guru Mahatapa. His accepting your research work is a success by itself. May the whole universe be benefited by your work. I had tears in my eyes. Bhraguramji called upon me in the morning and accompanied me to the main entrance to bid me farewell, permitted me to return, and with pranams to all gurus at Gyanganj, I embarked upon my return journey. Mm-hmm.